Hello and welcome to the Crazy Poultry Inc. podcast. It has been a little while and guess what? We're paying the price right now because welcome to another catch-up episode. I am your host Ian Gaio Loco and with me as for usual, Mr. Nick Nickers Chicken. Howdy everyone, how's it going? Well, we are in October now, but yeah. we're actually going to have to go back to end of August because... Uh, the last thing we talked about here, whatever we were catching up on, uh, I believe, was either like the Green Knight or the Green Knight. Yeah. Uh, so we were still in the August phase uh, <clears throat> of seeing movies, and we just did not have the time to get around to this. Uh, we did have another plan, but that kind of fell through. So we were just like, "Hey, we can now use this time to get these reviews now out of the way." Um, so yeah, overall, how how have you been? feeling so far with these how the movies have been going lately for you Mr. Nick <laughs> I think it's picking up towards the end of the year and then, I mean the next couple of weeks are loaded yeah so, I mean, October's just yeah stacked. October and beginning which of November will, yeah. are absolutely stacked uh, which we'll definitely get into but our first thought in review will have to go all the way back to let's see that was August 13th for a very uh, special uh, film that got a lot of talk after it came out, and that was uh, Free Guy. Mondays, am I right, y'all? You said it, guy. Yeah. Don't have a good day. Have a great day. Everybody down on the ground! Hey, bud, you ever think that there's got to be more? More to what? The stuff we do day after day. Being shot at? Yes, this is the Ryan Reynolds-led sort of video game movie that is not based on an actual game. <laughs> uh, revolves around uh, NPCs, as the trailer put it, non-playable characters. Um, and so uh, just before we do a deep dive into it, uh, going into it, I was... I mean, I was kind of looking forward to it. I mean, again, it was another video game movie, so I was like, I'm not going to put a high standard on this. But, I mean, it's Ryan Reynolds, so I'm sure to get some laughs going into. But I just knew that this probably wasn't going to be a high-tier movie for me. Going in for you. Yeah, uh, it it looked like a free-roam, basically, video game. I I hate to put it into that category, but it kind of looked like Fortnite in a way. Yeah, because you know everybody else kind of puts that in the same category. But um, you know, I was excited when I saw Ryan Reynolds doing it, and it just looked like a lot of fun in the trailer. I mean, I didn't expect it to be you know Oscar worthy, of course, but it did look like a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Uh, basically, going into we were just like, yeah, fun, just time to spend at the movies. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, now after seeing it, and you know pondering it for a little while uh what were your now thoughts i mean of course it has been a while so now i don't know if your initial reaction was different or changed Um, so it didn't really change i kind of got what i expected to get out of it there was certain appearances i didn't expect little cameos here and there i mean it's been months okay so spoilers galore (laughs) so uh chris evans was in it for about, I don't know, 10 seconds of glory, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> um, 
Paul Dout, Ryan Reynolds was in it. Um, who else was in it? Who else made a cameo? There Pretty sure Hugh Jackman did. Hugh Jackman, yes. Or at least his which, voice. Yes, which, you know, well, his, I don't, his likeness wasn't, but yeah, you're right, his voice was, but... Yeah, it was just a really entertaining movie. I thought the acting was uh, pretty great, and um, from what I remember, it's uh, as you said about non-playable characters and sort of. Yeah, and about I remember the bridge. They're basically taking out uh, pieces of the game that weren't supposed to be in it. I okay, guess. Okay. Well, yeah, because then that that's the other part with yeah, the plot here yeah. is that. It what the trailer doesn't show you is that this is actually more about like a game developing company like yeah. you know trying to find like they were a small company let's say like it was like two developers for a game they had an idea they basically sold their idea to a giant conglomerate and then they basically are trying to find like that there's pieces of their actual game in this giant one and if there is, then they can basically sue or get, you know, payments or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, that's what the trailer does not show you at all. And that's actually a giant chunk of this movie. And I was kind of like, um, this is not that interesting. Yeah. I did not think I was going to get so much of this. Um, interesting thing that I did not know is, because I, I know of the show... Uh, Killing Eve. Yeah. I don't know if you've watched no, it. No, I know about it. Uh, and I did not know that apparently, like, the psych, psycho woman that this is, that she's in, also is in this. She mm. plays the main woman that's yeah. in this. So she's good at when it. I found that out, I was like, okay, well, I mean, she at least shows range. <laughs> I'll give her that. Um, some definitely questionable things here because, uh, the other main issue I was having was like this whole treatment of gamers like falling in love basically with Ryan Reynolds mm. and you know other stuff along with her life uh, and now I'll definitely admit there were a couple of jokes from Ryan Reynolds that definitely got me a belly laugh because it took just like a brief second where I was like oh gosh <laughs> yep that's funny um, I also though started to and, I, and I've kind of been having this feeling now with Ryan Reynolds lately where I was like, it seems like he's just doing the same kind of comedy, which is the Deadpool kind of comedy. That's, that's all he's doing now. So I don't know how to feel about that where I'm like, you're not really doing anything new, but you're also still getting some laughs out of me. Uh, I, I just feel at some point he's going to start to get stale, um, other than when he's Deadpool. <laughs> Um, so yeah, there, there's that, uh, but another main issue I started to have, and that's only, and I'm going to type this up to the fact that I just started to watch and kind of hear a lot of talk about stuff like in cinema and things like that. And, uh, one thing I could not just get over is that, uh, if you look at this, every side character that is... I'm going to blatantly say this, not white, is there to just help white people. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds' best friend, uh, Lil Lowry yeah. from Get Out, yeah. he literally does nothing but 
basically up him, like get him like wisdom. Yeah. I, I'm trying not to use certain phrases here because I just don't feel right about saying that. Uh, and then even on the side characters, uh, the guy that main guy that works with the lead actress in this, mm-hmm. uh, he has a brown friend who that's all he does. He talks him up basically, even though he's a little bit against him. And I, I will go on record saying I love Taika Waititi. I think he's an amazing director, and he's made me laugh at things I did not know I could laugh at, especially Hitler. Mm. <laughs> but he annoyed the hell out of me. <laughs> he he was good at playing an asshole. I'll give him that. But uh, yeah, it was it was weird. He was really too, really too, really different. Too in this broy. One. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, you mentioned it in your kind of spoiler thing, but that was actually another little big issue I had with it, where I was like. Oh, yeah, because if people forgot, this may say Fox Searchlight, Yeah. but who owns Fox Searchlight? Yeah. Disney. Mm-hmm. And basically, that felt like that was an easy way to get like their properties. Like, this is what we also have, and yeah. you like this, and I thought that was a very cheap kind of way. Kind of cop out. Um, but, but also, what I now think is a more detriment to it is there was a giant middle finger to this. Uh, from Disney because like the whole premise around this is not really in like we can say it's not really about NPCs it's really more about the game you know conflict and stuff and they set it up to where root for the little guy you know the developers that love this they have this original idea and the giant conglomerate should go to hell and you know fall apart they basically get right there they're like if they're on that cliff edge they're right there they're at the perfect mark to end it and do something right and what do they do they fall off because she then offers basically an offer to Taika Waititi that completely favors them she's like I don't want money I just want to make my game he's like okay so I can keep the rights to this and we can still make millions and you can just go off and do your game and I I just felt like that was like the corporate basically then saying, oh, yeah, you want to root for the little guy? Well, fuck them. They're never going to win. Uh, so, so, yeah, I, story-wise, I was just having too many problems with it. I'll definitely say this. It still is entertaining sometimes, mm-hmm. but that did not go enough for me as far as the other issues I was just having with it. So... Uh, if we can give our final grades on this, I'm gonna give it a C minus. Um, yeah, I I would definitely like to watch it again just to get kind of a better idea because I know there's a lot of things that I missed. Well, but, it's coming out soon. Um, for right now, I'd probably I probably feel comfortable saying put it like a C plus. Okay. You know, I just I thought it had entertainment value, but I get all the points you were saying. I didn't realize some of that stuff until now. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was our thoughts on Free Guy, and uh, now I guess we can go into our second one to talk about, and that is Don't Breathe Two. Now, I don't know who he is, but I know who he's not. 
This is the sequel and follow-up to the very surprisingly and well and pretty well received "Don't Breathe," uh, starring uh, what's his name? Stephen Lang. Stephen Lang, who I, I, I'm going to tell you this: do not mention. I don't want to. I'm, do not mention it ever again. I'm good. Uh, and yeah, this so this is following up. I want. I mean, I want to say maybe kind of directly after. It's it's not made clear exactly how uh, no, long. But I, I think it's pretty soon after the first one. Yeah, um, which I we both have been on record. We thought "Don't Breathe" was a pretty fresh take, and we're like very questionable motivations. And who do we like in this? Because everybody's not really that great of a person. <laughs> um, so this uh, has I, I I mean I'm forgetting his actual character's name. But I'm just gonna call him the blind man. <laughs> no, I think his name's. I think it's double N. Norman. I Norman. think it. Yeah, but I can't remember his last name. Uh, basically, training and protecting like a young girl who we know for the fact that is not his. Um, so that's already a little bit odd. Pretty much from the get go. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden a home invasion happens. And there's guys trying to either kill or capture. We, you don't, you kind of aren't sure exactly what's going on. And then some characters start actually saying some exposition and stuff. I see a bunch of shit on fire. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, what was your initial thought going into, and what, how do you either still feel or how did you feel after the movie? Um, well, going into this, I, I had no idea they were doing a sequel. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it was not even three weeks before it was coming out that I even saw like a, I think it was a teaser for it. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and this is coming out when? And then it was like, what, three or four weeks later. But going into it, I'm, I was just thinking to myself, I was like, there was no way that it's going to top the first one. Because the first one surprised both of us. I mm-hmm. thought it was an uh, awesome premise. And but basically, this is... Similar in some ways, just because you know he's everybody knows he's a what is it? Was he in the Navy? Is he in the Army? Um, I think they said he was in the Navy. Navy, okay. But he's obviously got a lot of experience and he's blind, you know, and he uses his inability to see and what he's learned over the years in the Navy to protect himself. And in this one, he was protecting somebody else as well, mm-hmm. but um. This, I guess, group of guys, and then there was yeah. a main one. Yeah. That, um, I can't remember who he killed. Was it his m- mom? Um, who? The the main guy. The, the I guess he's not the the leader, but the uh, the guy that was most out for the most vengeance. The the father of the girl he was with. Yeah. I can't remember who he killed. But he was pissed. Uh... No, he he stole her, right? Or is it because he just he just took her? Well, it's because it, are you saying like what? Why was he going after? Yeah, I can't. Yeah, remember. well, because it was his daughter. Okay, so. yeah, okay. So it was the guy's daughter that was with him, yeah. and he wanted her back. And again, some spoilers just to let you all know. Yeah, and she was too small to know that Stephen Lang wasn't her father yeah and basically because their house yeah. went up on fire because they were cracking yeah like he saved her he, she was only like what maybe three 
four, if that. I mean, honestly. But at this point, I think she was 12, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Uh, I mean, I want to say maybe more like 10. Oh, okay. 10, 10 to 12, somewhere in that range. But so he comes after them. He wants her back. Mm-hmm. And then he keeps saying, you're not the person you think he is. And uh, that uh, didn't really ring a bell to me until later on in the movie. But... Mm-hmm. Um, I did like a lot of the the deaths. They were very gruesome. Mm-hmm. And um, the story, though, is one of the most fucked up things. <laughs> I was so uncomfortable. I'm waiting to, to hear why you think it's uncomfortable. Um, well, so she gets reunited with her father and her mother, who she thought was dead, and she's not. But apparently her mother was poisoned in, the, in that same exact fire, and she inhaled whatever, and she got yeah. cancer from it. Oh, so she yeah. was dying. She was in a wheelchair. So she was getting ready to die. And so they got her back, and I don't remember how it got to it, but they were in this big, I think it was like a, was it a church? It was some kind of run Mausoleum, something like that, whatever it was. Basically any giant building in Detroit right now on the bad side. So they were, you know, being all, oh, I love you, I love you, and, you know, getting on her good side. And then all of a sudden, she's like, "I'm." the mom was like, oh, I'm very sick, so, you know. Wouldn't you do anything to save your mom? Yeah, and then she basically, she's like starting to, you know, pass out. She looks over and they basically put a, a dose of something in her drink, whatever it was. And then... <laughs> They had her on a a table, and uh, the mom was sitting probably maybe three feet from her, and they were talking, and then she turns over, and I always remember this, and I hate it. She says, <laughs> I think she said thank you, and then smiles, if I remember right, and that fucked with me. I'll let you continue the rest of it, because it was... Um, well, I mean, as far as, like, describing the plot <laughs> Yeah, stuff, well, actually... I, I, I mean, the only way that I can kind of go into it is, like, if I start to describe how I felt. Um, so, I mean, I knew going into this that I was like, well, I don't know how I'm supposed to even feel about this because I know the character of Stephen Lang from the previous one, mm-hmm. and he's not the best person. I, I should not have to root for him really that much because yeah. uh, he's kind of a rapist <laughs> um, with a turkey baster. Not his actual penis. <laughs> uh, and I mean, you kind of understood his motivation why in the first one, but you still didn't agree or like what he was doing. Um, this, yeah, I mean, I, I do like the concept of, you know, not necessarily like having questionable, likable people, because I mean, yeah what person is fully likable and stuff other than the girl the girl is the only one that's actually a good person in this Mm -hmm. um but i just started to have too many questions about logistical things like because the cool the thing why don't breathe worked also so well is that it only took place in his house and when he's a when he's a blind man for several years you would understand and be able to, un, you know, accept that he would know every nook and cranny in that house. This, he somehow meets a dog who is 
the, the family's dog, who somehow knows how to take him all the way to this giant theater or whatever that they are in. I think it had to do with, there's two things. It was the dog whistle that he found in the truck. I think that's what that was. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, scent or something. Didn't he smell something? And then he was like, I mean, leave yeah. it to me, boy. I can't remember what it was, but yeah. But then you actually get into the building, and then he has, like, no problems moving around. Yeah. He's never been in this building, as far as we know. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, why I also started off by saying some horror movies, because this is highly uh, trailer-esque and media-wise said to be a horror movie. I'm like, I don't think this is a horror movie. I think this is an action thriller, because, again, other than, like, some, like, personal like choices that characters are making there's nothing scary in this um and i mean i I will give it this the biggest uh praise i can give this is i think it's directed very well i'm pretty sure this is the same director that did the first one uh i don't know if he also helped write this one or the first one or something like that um but the story and the characters is where it starts to fumble a little bit for me um and the more i kept on thinking about it are they really also though trying to make me root for a rapist (laughs) and i never felt good about that because i go all the way back to 365 days when that happens uh so yeah uh, i kind of left not knowing how i felt and then the more i thought about it the more i started to actually not like it that much um so unless unless you have anything else to add, I, I don't mind going into grade. Um, not much, other than I think it was another great performance by Stephen Lang. And yeah. And I, th- I think he's an amazing actor. And uh, I just, I don't know why they would do a third one. No. Oh, that would make absolutely zero sense, but again, I would not be surprised. So, yeah, Stephen Lang was great. Uh, so what would be your um, grade? Uh, it's been so long since we've gone over the first one. I think I gave the first one like an A minus or B plus. Yeah, I, I think remember. I gave, I'm pretty sure I would have given the first one an A minus. Yeah, this one, um, man, it was it <laughs> towards more towards the end of it, it started to make me feel really uncomfortable. I know I know a lot of things about it were, but more so what we found out about it. But Stephen Lang was great. I'll give it that. I'll give it probably a C. Um, yeah, pretty much I'm going all the way back to like my, how more I thought about it. It kind of had the effect like Free Guy. So I'm going to give it a C-. minus. Uh, the directing and Stephen Lang are easily the best parts. But characters and stories where it really started to fumble for me. Um, but... Yeah, so now with that, we're moving on to our next one. And that would be uh, Candyman. Really connected to this neighborhood. Cabrini Green. Mr. Projects. I just moved in around the corner. They're all candy tracks. I'm an artist. You're looking for Candyman. The, unless you looked at it, unofficial sequel (laughs) to the original Candyman. Uh, yeah, we kind of had a Halloween kind of thing here where it was like, yeah, this is ignoring all those sequels that came after the original Candyman, and this is after. Um, so yeah, this was, uh, 
produced, not directed by Jordan Peele, but they had to put his name out there because they knew that would get people into this. Uh, and I, I'm not even going to try because I'll butcher the actual filmmaker that directed this, but it's a woman. And Naya, I think, DaCosta? DaCosta? Something like that. If that's right, yeah, <laughs> somebody I'm tell sorry. us. Uh, so, was really looking forward to this. Uh, and of course, you know, delays happen, so I was like, oh, great. And then found out it was coming out in August. I'm like, well, that's a good way to enter- be right before my birthday is to see a horror movie that Jordan Peele is connected with. Uh, so yeah, I was very intrigued by this. Um, and just to give like some kind of back before we actually watch this movie, one of the things that I'm pretty sure we did t- notice and talk about was that we kept seeing noticeable signs saying there are flashing lights. Yeah warning yeah. for like epilepsy and stuff like that which I, the first time I was like huh that's interesting I've not seen that before or you know in a long time then walked all the way to the theater there's another sign from like okay well this is clearly something because they have to say this now um, and uh, I'll definitely say just because of one initial part in this movie I completely understood that because those lights were getting to me and I don't suffer that <laughs> Um, but yeah, so this, uh, follows a guy art. That's an artist street. He was, I think he was a street artist, but then he's like now like been trying to be like an actual art show. Kind of main, more mainstream. Yeah. Because his, uh, girlfriend does, uh, I mean, I don't know the technical job for this, but she like brings in artists to like help galleries and stuff, have a show. And I guess the... Like a praiser, maybe, or something like that? Well, but she doesn't, like, that yeah, put, 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 put value on it. Yeah. She she gets more recognition if the artists that she brings in get paid and stuff. I guess she's called her, like, a gallery director. I want that. Yeah, <laughs> so... Um, and uh, he stumbles upon, you know, Cabrini Green, which is the main place in the original Candyman, and finds out about the Candyman lore. And... Because all his arts are definitely uh, inspired by, let's just say, black heritage here in the United States, which is not great. Um, and, you know, this is also a giant theme that has been, you know, explored more because of, I don't know, maybe because of actual history or history that's trying to be forgotten and uh, or, you know, things that are right now. Um so I, I definitely got that theme, but the, the, and I understand that. Um, and that's also what the original Candyman was doing. It was touching on themes of that. Um, and there are, without a doubt, references, uh, some characters that are brought back from the original. Um, one that I was very surprised that uh, was not, uh, was, uh, I think... Uh, the, a woman I, I thought was not ended up to be the character, uh, but I was very surprised when I found out that his, that he was the offspring mm. of, in the original of the baby. So that was a pretty cool twist. Um, so yeah, uh, again, uh, I thought that the directing was pretty good. Uh, very, I much liked the opening credits of like the Upside Down City and stuff. Mm. I thought that was a nice, creepy, eerie thing. I thought the soundtrack was also pretty good, going back to the original. Um, and I thought the performances were pretty 
across the board pretty good. I, I have a couple of feelings on some of them, uh, but overall I thought they were pretty good. Uh, gosh, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, I think, is it Corey something uh, who plays the guy that tells him, tells him the story? Oh, yeah, I don't remember his name, but he's been in quite a bit of stuff. He is really good. Yeah. And, uh, Every time I see him in something, I think he's very good, and he he's like been everywhere. Like the last film that I saw him in was Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which I thought he was excellent in. Um, I think that this is a much better, but I've not seen those. I've heard they're terrible sequels, uh, but it does play with those apparently. Um, it's just when I start to then compare it with the original that. Some things are not as good. Uh, I like that the, and I've not seen it in a while, but I remember that the original was not, was telling you its message, but kind of letting you kind of come to that conclusion, whereas this started to kind of feel like a hammer to the head. And I also thought that uh, Virginia Madsen was also pretty good in the role. And, I mean, do we dare not talk about Tony Todd from the original and this, this is what helped propel him? Oh, absolutely. Even though he did do horror stuff before, yeah, but, but this really propelled him. That was, you know, mountains ahead of what else he did. But yeah. you know, most a lot of the stuff also he did with his voice, and obviously he's got an incredible voice. Yeah. And do you do you know who their original pick was? Uh, to be the Candyman. Oh God. Was it Eddie Murphy? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And uh, but they could not afford him, and uh, Tony Todd was basically like. Knock, knocking on the door like yeah. I want this I want this so you know good thing that they decided to go with him because I don't want to dog Eddie Murphy but I don't know how he would have been um, so yeah and there's a twist reveal and stuff at the end and it kind of left me with I don't know how I felt about how this is wrapping up but I am kind of curious to see if they do try to continue this. And we've seen it in the trailers before, but the shadow puppets and stuff. I love that. That, that, that was arguably also one yes. of those things. Uh, your um, Going into this, um, you guys all knew I was excited. I love mm-hmm. the first one. Uh, it's a cult classic. Put Tony Todd on the map. It made me a huge fan of his. And I, regardless of how good the horror movie does look, if it's got his voice in it, I'll see it. That shows, that shows you how much appreciation I have for him. Does that go back to Hellfest or Bloodfest uh, or whatever that yeah, was? Bloodfest. <laughs> Plug for Bloodfest. Um, so, going into this, I'm, I was, I'm a huge fan of Yaya Abdul-Mateen, who is the main actor in this. Mm-hmm. He was great in the Watchmen series, he was great in Us, and he was awesome in uh, Aquaman. Okay. Uh, I, I've not seen a television show. Oh. Um, but... Uh, he's a good actor. I believe he's in the upcoming Matrix. I think he is. But I don't know who he plays. He might be whoever. Anyways. Um, he, he might be the new version of Morpheus. <laughs> but, yeah, I saw that, and I was like, oh, that immediately I'm intrigued by it. And then Candyman. And then I see the trailer, and I hear the music. I see the visuals, and I'm like, okay. This is gonna be something I'm down with, and then I saw it was produced by Jordan Peele, so that she had to like put that in the big letters. And going into it, I knew it wasn't going to be 
a disappointment just be based on who was in it who was working on it and I was not disappointed with it I thought um, sure the story kind of here and there had a little bit of miscues but I think like I said you said the shadow figures and the storytelling they did that way the bringing back of certain people I don't know if you if I should say it go ahead spoilers okay. the end of the movie for again a brief period maybe five seconds Tony Todd makes an appearance and I, I heard he was I thought I was going to use his voice but then you saw his face and I was like oh Nikes. See, see I kind of was like either I wanted actually a a more of a cameo thing or don't have them at all yeah um, and yeah I was kind of like eh then Virginia Madsen her voice was in this yeah well yeah tape recorder yeah whatever. and uh, it was cool that she did that for the movie and I don't know it just it was really really dark um a lot of the deaths were messed up yeah. um the uh part in the art gallery mm-hmm. with the ripping of the screens and the paintings and stuff like that when you're yeah. looking in the mirror that shit was awesome i um was... I, thought, I thought the death in the apartment though was oh yeah good god because i like how it zoomed out yeah <laughs> yeah uh man i just everybody in this was great a lot of good actors in this i can't remember his girlfriend was in, has been in stuff mm-hmm. uh, a street called uh what's that movie called a street called something and it got a lot of praise but she was in that. Um, you know what I'm talking about, I think. But is it Mead? Um, you know what I'm talking about? It's, it's, it's a pretty long title. Yeah, but she was in but that. Yeah, and I, I heard that. she was really good in that. But like I said... It, it was kind of like another stage play kind of thing that was made. Yeah. Theatrically. Top, top to bottom, though. I mean, yeah, I cannot argue with this cast. And then comparing it to the first one, I mean... The first one's great. Tony Todd is amazing. Um... There are certain things I like in the first one better. There are certain things I like in the second one better. I mean, kind of interchangeable for me. I love both of them. Funny thing is, you can't say two because you have. I know. Like Candyman twenty twenty one. I know. I really see. I really want to keep saying it. You're right, and I can't do that. But like you said, there could be future movies. I don't know. They, I kind of felt like they set up for it, but sometimes they just do that to, you know. But money talks. So. So I did not mention this because I was like, there, there was just a few character stuff that I was like not big on. So I'm gonna, and you've been talking about the characters and the acting. So I'm gonna ask you, how did you feel about the gay friend? Oh, uh, he's in, he's in a bunch of stuff too. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, might have been a little too much. Yeah, it was a bit too yeah, much for me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, uh, I, I do think that he probably is pretty funny, but what he was written and given I was like okay come because, on because that's literally all he did yeah you know he was never he didn't tone it down from yeah. the 10 but I agree with you there um gosh I I think I'm gonna barely give the edge to the newer one okay. and that's barely though we're talking like pins and needles because the original's incredible but this one I don't know I don't know how to explain it it just it drew me in okay um, well, uh, as far as, because another thing I didn't touch on is that there's also a lot of art talk, yeah. which I was kind of getting bored with. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm not, get, get, get away with this. I'm not in tune with the art. I'm not, uh, well, it, but it, it. it's not even like if you're in tune with it, it's that they are like the snooty kind of art stuff. And I'm like, 
even if this is how they really are, I feel like you're kind of being too much with it. Um, and I mean, again, I'm not an artsy kind of person. I like good art, but I don't talk to me about it. The part when you're talking about art, the part where he's got that canvas and it's sitting up, mm-hmm. and you just like really fast, you know, messing with it. And you could, I love. It also did like a lot of the makeup in this too, because his face mm-hmm. was, you know, everything was starting to turn his arm, but his face. The part of the side shot with his face when he was doing the scraping and it showed what he made. I was like, whoa, holy. Now, now this is in the trailer, so everybody saw it coming, but when he starts to have like that hand, you know, rash thing after yeah. the bee hit him, I, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm like, how do you not look at that and somebody go, I have to go to the hospital. <laughs> what the? Um, and yeah. I mean, I do kind of like the outcome of it, but at first I was kind of a little thrown off that the main character kind of started to become like um, less of a character, more of a plot device. Because he basically does become the new embodiment. And I was like, and there's no point in trying to keep that a secret. I figured that out from the trailer. Yeah. yeah. That he was going to be a festival. That was gonna um, but I kind of felt like his personality and stuff kind of went away, but I mean, that may have been the point. Um, so... While I do think this is a pretty good outing, I I wasn't overall. Again, there's just still some problems for me. Um, so I'm gonna probably give, and I have, and this is the way you have to say it, Candyman, 2021. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say uh, I'm riding the edge of B minus and C plus. I'm gonna go C plus. It may be better if I watch it again, but. Oh, yeah, I'm not definitely, I mean, definitely buying the crap out of that movie. Um, yeah, I I think I honestly would give both movies the same grade, but like I said, pins and needles for me. I, I'm gonna have to give it a B plus. I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. it. I'm just afraid of if they do make a third one. You know, it's I I don't know what what it made or if it made so. I don't either, but like I said, it it could follow the same direction as the the, you know the last the first one was really great, and then I think I think it was three. Yeah, two and three were very forgetful and awful. Mm -hmm. Uh, so but you know moving from that kind of smaller, more kind of I mean cult kind of movie theme to a. giant one and uh, that is to a big uh, Marvel movie the legacy of your family you are your mother and whether you like it or not you are also your father and that is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings um, well, I'm pretty sure I've been on record a few times on the podcast saying this uh i don't care what anybody was saying for the fact that i did not know anything about this person that's why i was more intrigued Same. and the fact that now <laughs> we have more ethnicity in the mcu i was very happy about because i'm like let's really break these the the founding members out they're all white guys yep. <laughs> one just happens to be from <laughs> freaking like Asgard, so um, I and Black Panther was a big thing for that of trying to bring in more. Um, it's just 
what was a shame to me was before this movie finally came out is all the talk beforehand before it was like like people were online saying that it's gonna do like less than black widow which was kind of a disappointment as far as box office Mm -hmm. returns um and that you know to me at least in the marketing department it was not getting the same uh effort as several of these last marvel movies were especially because i mentioned it earlier black panther they made that an event like that this is a giant big deal and people have to go see it and people did go see it it was one of the highest grossing marvels of all of them i'm pretty sure it's actually second behind endgame um so and I mean, some people have even said it on record, and I don't think he'll mind me saying this, but Damon was also not impressed with the trailers. Like, don't let the trailer be the thing, because I have been led astray so many times from trailers, good and bad. I thought something looked terrible. Like, I, the examples I always go back to are X-Men First Class. I thought that trailer-wise, it looked horrible. And this is also, though, coming off of where the X-Men kind of were going at that point. Uh, And then I ended up actually loving it. In fact, it's probably one of my favorites out of them. Um, (laughs) And then I've had stuff where I was very excited for it. I'm like, what the fuck was this? (laughs) Um, And another example I always go back to is The Village. Oh, yeah. That, even in my Shyamalan, I said, the marketing of that for what's wrong. I should not have let that go by. That's not what it was. And when you watch it with the intent of what it actually was, it's actually not too bad until the twist. <laughs> um, so I was ready for Shang-Chi and then of course pandemic happens and uh, delays. So, uh, but I was like, no, I'm going to be intrigued because I also goes all the way back to Iron Man three and how they felt about how the Mandarin was and people were either fine with it or they fucking despised mm-hmm. it. I'm like, just let it happen. Marvel always seems to have a plan uh, even if they don't hit everything, they have like probably a giant board oh, yeah. in Kevin's uh, what's it? Kevin Feige's apartment that is like this is in this, this is in this, yeah. and we have to tie. Like, they're probably already planning for phase like phase seven of this one. Yeah, but they're not forgetting what happened in the other ones. No. Um, so and what they did in this ma- with this Mandarin, or as he says, I've been called many things. Uh, I thought was pretty good. Um, he's a he was a very charismatic and actually kind of likable and understandable villain in this, um, and uh, this also gave me hope that maybe Dragon Ball Z can be a movie sometime. <laughs> and if you try to do it, get this director, yeah, because I thought this was very well directed and helmed. And I, I'm not going to pretty well pronounce any of these names, uh, but the guy that played Shang Chi, the first name Simu. And I think it's Lou. Simu Lou, I think is his name, but he is awesome. Yeah, I thought he was really good. And uh, I thought that he was, he kind of does, but he he's right there with them. Uh, I don't think he gets outshined too much. Yeah. Um, because I also feel like he's trying to be that kind of under, like how uh, Chadwick Boltzmann was. Yeah. He wasn't a very quippy kind of person. Um, but he would sometimes, especially with his friend Aquafina in it. <laughs> who continues to impress me with all her later mm-hmm. now stuff. Uh, I've yet to watch The Farewell that I've heard that she's amazing in. Um, 
but I like that she's also not going back to what comedy she was doing that put her on the map because that was very offensive. <laughs> uh, so I'm glad she doesn't do that. But And she steals it whenever she's on screen. And then I also thought that uh, the woman that played Shang-Chi's sister. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to... She's, yeah, very good actress, yeah, but I can't remember her name. Very good and just as badass as him. Yeah. Which, again, Marvel is now doing this thing where they're like, we're going to bring in this eth- this ethnic group, but we're also then going to shine the women in this. Mm-hmm. So I was very happy with that. Um, and, uh, oh, God, what's his name? Uh, oh, the other Benedict. Benedict Wong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for the brief time he's on, yep, funny, great. Uh, I, I love him in it. Um, and the fight choreography in this is probably some of the best. Holy shit. Um uh, that uh, bus sequence is amazing. Yeah. Uh, they show just the right amount of that in the trailer. Um, and again, a little bit like Thor Ragnarok, it's not ashamed to look like a comic book movie sometimes. So that's another appreciation I have. Um, one detract, The biggest detractor I always now hear about this is the ending. How it kind of feels just like every Marvel movie. Like the overblown CGI, you know, final sequence. And I, I, I get that. I've been kind of on that too. I'm like, I kind of want something different. However, at the same time, this has a fucking dragon. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like I was watching, watching kaiju monsters. Yeah. Which is great. Which some people, again, I heard were complaining because they are like, this just came out of nowhere. I'm like, did you not see all the dragon yeah. references? The whole movie. <laughs> I mean, they were like... Laying the yeah. seeds down, like the letter uh, at the beginning of the movie, a dragon. Yeah, the dragon. Um, so I did not have that big of an issue with it. Um, yeah, I do want to have something else, but I, I I'm fine with that. Uh, also, a big surprise, and I, I, I knew he had to be in it. Ben Kingsley. Yes. <laughs> he was hilarious. Oh my god. Coming back from Iron Man three and basically <laughs> laying it all out, like what he was doing in that. <laughs> Um, you would have thought he would have just been the comedy relief but he was actually a big part of the movie Mm -hmm. Uh, the part with that's a weird looking horse (laughs) (laughs) that one got me quite a bit well then when you first saw him he was just doing the weird you know the I guess you'd call it humming gurgling or whatever the hell he was doing he he was practicing and getting ready and then his what was his pet's name I always forget it It's it's a basic name uh, but it, he had like a faceless pet. Yeah, that. And that was messed up, but <laughs> it was oddly cute at the same time, and it, they worked together great. I, I never got a cuteness of it. The fact that it was faceless was know. too creepy to me. I think it was uh, just the fact of some of the things it did. I mean, it was it was funny with some of the things that it did, but because of the, there was no face, it was very hard for me to think that this is cute. <laughs> Um, Fair enough. And I mean, I also though take that as a criticism. Also, I've heard is like that felt like Disney like trying to be like get this plush, mm. like okay, whatever. But it's fine. Um, find ways, I swear. Uh, but just the fight sequences, the acting, the fact that 
everybody had a motivation that you understood, and I like what this opens up now in the Marvel Universe, which, again, since I'm a lamest to this, I have no idea what that end credit sequence was referencing. So, okay. if yeah. somebody wants to tell me at some point, they can, but I have no idea. Because then they also kind of finish it with a joke. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we could talk about this, or... Hotel California. <laughs> Which, yeah, now that's in the soundtrack of MCU. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, I, unless you have any more to say, uh, I am definitely ready for a rating. Um, she basically hit everything. I just, I was really excited going into it, knew nothing about it, which I would have preferred. Mm-hmm. I try, I stayed away from so many people talking about it, you know, reviews, trailers. I wanted, I saw a little bit of the first trailer, I think, but um, I heard people criticizing it before they even watched it, and I yeah. was sick of hearing that, for, especially for the reasons they were giving. Whenever, whenever you say it. something, you're like, no, I've not seen it. I'm like, well, now you're invalid. Yeah, now. and it's just because it was, basically the whole movie was Asian-led, and I hate that a lot of people were saying, oh, well, you know, they shouldn't be introducing that kind of stuff, and that's when I stopped looking at anything I was like okay I'm sick of seeing this so well it's either like why are they introducing that or that they're uh, pandering yeah I'm but like, you're, you're not pandering though if you have good intent behind it um, really excited when I heard they based a lot of their fighting sequences and techniques off of old kung fu movies yeah and I was really Crouching excited Tiger and yes and I in really, fact there's a couple of actors and yes. actresses that were in that really excited about that I the soundtrack was incredible. The visuals, visually, I would argue this is the best Marvel movie there is, visually. Wow. And I know that's there's been a lot of great stuff in the game mean, and I mean, everything. I mean, Thor Ragnarok is still yeah. I'm on, for me. And then we have God and Thunder coming up. So I mean, who knows what that? Or Love and Thunder and God and Thunder. He's a god. <laughs> Love and Thunder. Yeah. Anyways, but um, yeah, top to bottom, I thought. The, the villain was great. I forget his name, but he's been in a lot of good yeah. stuff. Top to bottom, the acting was great. This movie surprised the hell out of me. Aquafina was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I would argue this is in my top five of the year. I mean, as far as what I've seen, yeah, I could see this in my top ten. Mm-hmm. So, But, I mean, I'm also going to end up playing catch-up at some point. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, I... With maybe like some nitpicks and things like that. Uh, overall, the fact that I just had a good time as usual with Marvel. Visually, I was great with it, and I'm ready to see more because I know I'm going to see more. Um, <laughs> no, you're going to stop in Marvel. Yeah, now. They're, they're, well, and Marvel is just going to stop now. Yeah, what are we in phase four? I think at this point, you know, you got to you got to kind of ride with the train. Um, so I'm going to say that I would give Shang-Chi and the Ten, Legend of the Ten Rings an A-. Um, I'm going to... I was thinking about that. I was between the two, but I think I'm actually going to give it an A. I was... Uh, just because my jaw dropped throughout the whole movie, and I forgot to mention, a lot of movies throw the family aspect in too much, mm-hmm. but I thought this movie balanced it perfectly. And I love the family aspect of this well, movie. And it wasn't like uh, stereotypical. No, it was. It was like they're yeah. they're they're well, well, they were playing video games. Yeah. And you know, 
things that like actual families like now no yeah. matter no no matter what your credence do <laughs> yeah and you like I said you felt it felt real and yeah. you were connected with a lot of these characters but yeah I cannot wait for to see the future that holds it and then of course the the mind bending of Benedict Wong <laughs> in these portals so yeah it, it incorporated a lot of things and I cannot wait and how that much they'll connect to Spider Man I don't know um. So yeah, so moving from technically a full-blown Marvel movie to a Marvel, uh, I'm trying to think of the word, association movie. there be carnage uh so because we don't have a review for this up uh gonna quickly state our feelings on the first venom uh and and i and i i i know how you're gonna go i did not mind the first venom i mostly because number one i just wanted the venom character to be better than the last iteration we had because i didn't like that one um Yes, not a perfect movie. There are definite problems with it. Uh, the biggest being the villain is written terribly and completely forgettable. And that is fully on the script and character because this guy was just up for an Oscar from, from Sound of Metal. So oh, yeah. he is not bad in it. He is given bad shit to do. Um, but uh, Eddie Brock and Tom Hardy as him, I think this is like a next platform for him because of how dedicated he is to this character. And I thoroughly enjoyed him and Venom and the connection there. And I don't think anybody was ready for the style of film that it was going to be. So that's why I didn't mind it. Um, so I guess I'll just start out by saying I don't mind, obviously don't mind Tom Hardy as Betty Brock because he's a lot better than uh, Topher Grace. A lot bigger than he is too, which he should be. Um, my biggest issue was Venom is supposed to be a badass. And in that first movie, they made him look like an absolute puss. And I hated it. Um, did not like the story, did not like the writing. Um, I think it's one of the, well, I don't know if you ever, you wouldn't. It's Sony and Marvel, okay? So I will put it in that I think it is one of the worst Marvel movies there is. And uh, going into this new one, I was kind of intrigued because it has one of my favorite villains of all time in it. But based, I it's hard for me to base off the first one because of how much I disliked it. So I was going to give it a chance. But that first one, I... I I may have to watch it again, but I watched it that one time, and I did not ever go back to it. So, there were certain things in the first one, you know, it was, Tom Hardy is always great. I don't care what he's in. You know, you could give him shit, and he'd probably be great. But, I didn't, I don't remember much about other than him. I just didn't, didn't, didn't set right with me. Well, because, it, like, how I mentioned that a lot of people had, you know, their own kind of 
intentions on how the movie should be and how the characters should be and stuff. And the trailer does not help that with anything. The trailer is god-awful. It doesn't do anything. It yeah. just looks like a generic action movie. Um, however, if you watch the trailers where it's played overseas, it's marketed like a romantic comedy. Because that is actually what it is. Venom and Eddie. Leave uh, Michelle Williams right. out of this. It, it, that is what that is based on. It's like them meeting for the first time and that's yeah. how much they need each other. And yeah. because of that, that is why I did not mind it as much. And I still find it entertaining today. So going into Carnage, I was like, you know what? Uh, directed by Andy Serkis. Um, it's also shorter, which I was very surprised by. In fact, it's probably one of the shortest movies I've seen in the theater since going back. Not um, even an hour and a half. And uh, the trailers for this one, I actually were more sold on it because I got actually a feeling of what it was going to be. And, I mean, as far as, like, the whole, like, having Venom be, in your words, a puss. <laughs> oh, God. I felt like, again, that was trying to connect him with Eddie because like, they're on the same level. But, again, I'm not well-versed in the, you know, comic universe mm -hmm. as far as, like, that. So I just accept with what I'm given. Yeah, it's just different, different perspectives. Yeah. Um, and then having Woody Harrelson <laughs> showing up as Carnage, I was like, I love this casting because I love Woody Harrelson. He can be a good psychopath. Um, I only had one criticism when I saw him, and that was the wig. <laughs> and then when I saw it was not in this, I was like, thank you. Um, and then going back to Andy Serkis, I think he was the perfect director for this because who else knows motion capture stuff working against yourself in that environment more than him um, and he also then got more directorial credit for doing that uh, Netflix Mowgli movie which yeah. I still have not watched yeah. um, but so I was actually very intrigued to see this and again I knew nothing about Carnage other than the fact that he was you know red taken over by a psychopath and that he you know could make cool, you know, weapons and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also thought this one looked just slightly darker toned with some of the stuff, uh, especially the part where he chokes a guy with his tongue. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, this is PG-13, so I'm not going to see a drop of blood, but at least there's that. Um, but, yeah, this picks up, like, right where the first one left off, where he interviews him, because apparently he's the only one that he that. He, Eddie is the only one that he trusts mm -hmm. um, because that's the thing like psychopaths have like that they only like will let like one reporter in that they yeah. fully trust yeah you're right and that they just hope that they don't then try to use their life story like you know to make millions but yeah. at this point how have you not fallen for that <laughs> um, so after he gets the praise and stuff and he is to then be on execution that's when it's revealed he has actually carnage in him because he bit Eddie in the hand and got some of his blood inside of him. Symbiote, yeah. Yeah. Um, which, again, I don't know if that's how it would have worked or not, but you know what? Comic book. <laughs> Whatever. And if not, I guess it was just Andy Zerkis' way of telling it. Yeah. Well, I don't know if he was buying this story or screen. I don't know. Uh, which... Also, Tom Hardy took more mm -hmm. control in this because he's an executive producer of this, 
and this he helped the story part he didn't write the script but he helped with the story so i also commend him on that which also shows that he's very much invested in this it's not he's working for a check he's actually trying um, which is why i respect him so much um, and the comedy between him and Venom, oh my gosh, I was laughing so much at it. Uh, and the way that I would help to describe this is if the first Venom is like the two uh, lovers meeting for the first time and having just that initial rocky part and then coming together at the end, this is them trying to live together in an apartment. It's not going to go well. <laughs> Because guess what? People have quirks and ticks that, you know, are going to drive the other person crazy. Um, which this one involved Venom wanting to eat heads and, yep. you know, Eddie not wanting to do that. Um, and this also implored uh, for Carnage that he actually had a person he cared about. Uh, I forget what her, like, comic book name is. I think it's like Screecher or something. Like, she just screamed like a banshee, so that's all I remember. Yeah, which I was kind of then starting to think, how many uh, heroes have like the same ability, they just change the name? I was going to say, Sindel from Mortal Kombat has the same thing. Yeah, yeah. or how you just said banshee, I was like, yeah. so she's like a banshee. <laughs> um, even though I don't know how long ago this character was made. I don't know, that was just a small thing I noticed. Mm. Uh, but... Uh, and she's portrayed by Naomi Harris, who we've now, after I told you, yeah, she plays Tia Dalma in Pirates movie. Yep. And then she's in another movie later. Um, and I thought that the, that was a good way of giving Woody Harrelson some uh, empathy a little bit, because he actually does have somebody he cares for. That's, with this Cassidy, that's a lot. So Yeah. Um, and I also want to give Woody more because he somehow rides that line of being a psychopath that you don't want to have when, but he still shows these things where it's like, I kind of understand you though, how you got to that point. Because yeah, you did kill your whole family, but also look at how he was brought up. Um, but he does <laughs> have to get atoned for what he's done. Um, so yeah, I thought, because the biggest thing that this had to be better for the first one was the story had to be a little bit better and the villain had to be much better. And I thought that it excelled on both of those ends. And I thought that Eddie and Venom's relationship was much better in this one. So they even do like the whole like split up, but it's not a misunderstanding split. It's we are two different things. <laughs> so, but we have to have a common thing that pulls us together. So, and uh, not, again, because this is still playing in theaters, no spoilers here, but the credit sequence. How? <laughs> yeah, well, the biggest part of the movie. Yeah, I, lo I about lost it. And I understand why people were talking like this. This is one of the best uh, credit things to connect stuff uh so yeah i i had a good time it's again not fully perfect but i feel like they're doing stuff better and they kind of only either can do better or somehow go backwards but with how the future looks 
I'm very, very intrigued to see how they go, and I'm actually very hopeful. So I can do my rating if you want to add anything else. Um, yeah, I seen that Woody Harrelson was playing, you know, one of my favorite characters in Marvel. I guess I will say Marvel. Which, which I think actually brings up more questions about you. I know. <laughs> if you're, I, one of your favorite characters is a psychopath. I know. And it's like, how are you really connected with Cletus Kasich? But he's just, oh, I've just always been drawn to him just because of, A, how cool he looks, especially in the comics. And, you know, red and black are my two favorite colors. And I always was more drawn to him than I was Venom. And he was, I felt, always felt like he was kind of secondary to him. But I felt like they were, you know, kind of even keel in this one. And I did like the relationship much better in this one between Venom and Brock, I think. The coolest part, actually, was that the symbiote, when they split it from each other, the symbiote went into other people. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really cool aspect of it. Um, especially the uh, the store owner. Yeah. Or what, is it a store? Yeah. Um, the, the old uh, Asian one. Yes. Yeah, that part yeah, was that, funny that was as hell. Funny. Yeah, I and mean, this, this is a definitely a sillier movie than the first one like it was I could see Andy Serkis's humor in this and then Tom Hardy's as well mm-hmm. um yeah I the fight sequences were really cool visually it was it looked pretty dang cool too and uh, uh yeah like you said it was much darker yeah um or at least it had a darker tinge to it yeah I thoroughly I, enjoyed this one it, much more it, than the it first it still one. needs to be rated R yes I completely agree with you I think Venom and Carnage should be in an R rated movie and we'll yeah. I want to see a director. I want to see an R cut of the this. The fact that we're probably never going to get that no, is not going to happen, and it's unfortunate because I know we both want to see it. Everybody probably wants to see it because. But then we, the strange thing is that Deadpool is still going to be R. Yeah. And it's owned by Disney. And Cletus Cassidy, if he's in an R movie, could do so much more because he is really dark. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I I did enjoy this movie. It was much better than the first one. Yeah. Um, and, and then the any cutscene. And uh, one other small little nitpick for me was that, yeah, I thought the fight sequences were pretty good, but it still had that thing of uh, in the first one where the CGI was a little too a little much. Bit, a little bit wonky sometimes. Yeah, so I, I kind of wanted that to be a little bit cleaner. Um, so, yeah, uh, let's see. If I were, to, yeah, I'm going to, if I had to give a grade to the first Venom, I actually would probably give that a C plus. It had giant issues, but I was still entertained in it. Um, this one, I'm going to give a B plus because I had a good time throughout. Also, theater experience. We were so nervous, but that did not happen. So guess what? I didn't get to knock it down for that. Uh, and yeah, I'm excited to see what, what happens now. Yeah, it's hard for me not to say what happened. But yeah, anyways, uh, the first movie, I think I, I'd give it probably a D and then this one I'll probably be comfortable giving it a B like I said that's a huge upgrade from the first one and like I said what we have set up for the future Mm -hmm. is potentially huge especially this upcoming Spider-Man movie well uh, speaking of possible things for the future now we get to our final one to catch up which is a very highly anticipated and it's a final send-off for something. Where is he? James, you don't know what this is. 
that is No Time to Die, James Bond. Uh, Another film that was plagued with delay issues and the pandemic. Uh, And this is the, I guess we could say the swan song for Daniel Craig. Uh, Fifth movie. Yep. Fifth movie that he's made. He also is the longest reigning as far as year-wise playing Bond character. Um, going all the way back to Casino Royale, which was in 2006, which I completely forgot that that's when it came out. Um, and to have anticipation for this, I went back and I rewatched uh, Casino Royale, um, Skyfall, and Spectre. Did not watch Quantum Basalis because I saw it once yeah. and it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. And I'm pretty sure there's not really a reference to that movie at all throughout the rest of them. Um, because that one has a whole lot of other issues behind the scenes is why it's bad. Um, so, uh, just like a brief thing of how I felt about it. Um, Casino Royale, I never saw it in the theaters. I only ever watched it once. Um, I think my dad may have shown it to me. Um, and I've just never been the biggest Bond person. I never really grew up watching them. Uh, mostly probably because I felt like, uh, what do I have to connect here with? I mean, it might be cool action stuff, but I can't relate to this fucking guy that's <laughs> perfect and gets all the women and gets all these cool jacket gadgets and stuff. Yep. Um, but, so I, but I mostly grew up with the somewhat how parodied more version of Roger Moore's with Austin Powers, <laughs> who I will still stand by. As far as a person goes, Austin Powers is a better person. Because <laughs> if you look at James Bond's history, he has done some fucking despicable shit. Um, but with that, that's being... Um, and then I... And Skyfall was the first... Uh, Bond movie I saw in the theater and I was blown away by that uh, Spectre then was the next one uh, which I rewatched and I was like uh, it's serviceable really to me because um, I felt like they didn't really use Christoph Waltz enough and I felt like the ending kind of slowed down too much um, so but I was very still intrigued with this and also what I then found out that it was almost three hours long I was concerned already because <laughs> so I was like the first couple are two and a half if you don't count Quantum of Solace which is like an hour and 47 which is the shortest Bond movie ever um, I guess they wanted that to be a quick death for the audience <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, Spectre was a little over two and a half so they just kept on going up and up and up. Um, and uh, I thought that it was going to drag, and I was just going to be a little bit bored and miserable, and I'm going to have to get up and use the bathroom, because this is not Avengers Endgame, where I was like, I don't care. It's three hours. I think my bladder's going to explode yeah. if it gets to that. Um, and uh, I'm very... Even though I know this has already been coming out now, people are complaining to shit about Bond already, but I loved Bond in this movie because, oh my gosh, God forbid, he has an arc and changes as a person. 
which people are going to read totally different as being woke. <laughs> um, and I'm like, so you would rather have him be the same misogynistic, cold-blooded killer that ends up having no feelings whatsoever? Mm-hmm. If that's your bag, that's your bag. I'm sorry. I'm speaking from my own personal views. I like when a character does evolve and change. And I really liked what they did with Bond in this. I think Daniel Craig is... He didn't he didn't sleep in this. He gave it his all in this. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I felt like there was a little bit of sleeping in Spectre. Because I knew that he wanted that to be the last one. But they brought him back for this one, so... I'm glad he did not sleep at all on this. Yeah. Um, I also thought that they did some very interesting things with Ray Fiennes as M, because God. this was his second outgoing as the, technically as his character. Yeah. Um, and uh, what's uh, we mentioned we mentioned her Naomi Harris who comes back as Money Penny. Yeah. Still great chemistry and banter with Bond and funny enough. As far as from what I've heard in the books and novels, uh, Money Penny is the second woman that Bond actually ever falls in love with. Mm-hmm. It's uh, her and Vesper are the only two that she's yeah. ever loved. Um, and the they also then I believe make a better connection with him and uh, Madeline. Mm-hmm. I think is her name. Yep. Um, because I, I I was on off with the romance from Spectre. And I felt like it kind of went too fast at the end. I, I kind of hate it when it's like, you've known him for how long, and now you're saying you love him? <laughs> Whatever. Um, and I felt like this actually did a much better job at showing them actually with chemistry. Um, and But still with that whole bond of, I don't know who to trust now. <laughs> um so yeah, and this deals uh, with a villain that has a weapon that's a virus that spreads to people. Hmm. Yeah, right. I don't hate that. Was... I don't. It, it's almost like this was written before the pandemic somehow. Yeah. <laughs> almost like they're predicting something. The, the only thing that was different is that this one was transmitted plants. Uh, well, In like a little f- physically. Yeah, yeah. It's not airborne. Yeah. Um, as far as we know. They are trying to make it that way, I think. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, that op- the opening sequences and, like, the fights in the cars, that was awesome and amazing. Um, I think all the action set pieces are very good. And yeah, imagine how long it took them, because there were so many locations. Yeah, to they shoot actually that. went on location. Yeah. That's surprising. Um... I mean, it, what do you feel like you want to add anything else as far as like uh, with action stunts and things like that? Um, yeah, like you said, it. God, um, and it pains me because um, the uh, the cars in this are so nice, <laughs> especially his. Um, oh wow, I always forget the name of it, but his car. Yeah, it's, the Bond car. The one that's gone through the years. And it's, it always gets destroyed or whatever. And I'm like, God, that car is so nice and it pains me. But, yeah, we knew it would happen. But it had the, the cool gadgets and everything. Very cool stunts. Um, uh, very interesting story, too. Uh, you know, it had 
more than I thought it would. I, I thought I felt like this was going to be like a little bit of a throwaway because of all the problems it had and all that. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. They, Jeffrey Wright was in it. I, it was good to see him. Yeah. Uh, um, I think he was only in. Yes. Uh, he, was, he was in Casino Royale yeah. and he was in uh, Quantum. Run. And then he didn't. We didn't see him. Yeah. And it was cool that they brought him back. Yeah. Um, man, I thought it was funny. I I laugh so hard sometimes. Uh, Bond had very cool, you know, interactions with people, and he was funny. Yeah. But, you know, and how about the woman that was the new 007? Oh, uh, I, Latasha Lynch. Yeah, maybe. Um, um, I I thought Lashana Lynch. I was close. I, I thought that she was really good. Yeah. That she like kind of held her own like yes. bond and stuff which I love how they did that and I, you know like we obviously knew it was the passing of the torch and we you know we well, were certain things well producers have said there's never going to be a Jane Bond I, I so think there will be. personally I think there will be and I, I would definitely welcome that with and, open arms and uh she's not in it much but very quick we had a Knives Out reunion oh. uh I I, I I am going to butcher her name. She is awesome. Yeah, but she is very brief, and uh, but she makes one heck of an entrance, and she has, oh my gosh, a character. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, Daniel Craig, probably though with that chemistry off of Knives Out, had great rapport with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like she's in, and then she's gone. At like, she doesn't overstay her welcome. She's like. Here's a here's a character that we're introducing to the universe. Do you want to see more of her? Probably. You probably do. Or at least I do. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I although I guess now kind of want to second the some issues I've had. Uh, that's primarily more on the bad side of this storytelling. Uh, the German like scientist that's behind it, like create like help oh yeah, yeah, yeah i forget his name he was like a full-blown cartoon character <laughs> he, did, he didn't make well, me laugh sometimes yeah he was entertaining i'll give him that uh, he made me laugh just a little too over for sometimes uh and he was not bad he was serviceable remy malik as a villain um and to me that's because his motivation was not the best because it was more like a throwback from what I understand to like the old like Bond villains where it's like they really did have the best motivation and all they wanted to do was just you know world domination Mm -hmm. and I felt like that was kind of something that this franchise was just not doing really like it was telling more personal because there's Le Mad Mads Mikkelsen from the first one who is just doing this because he is in trouble with crime lords. <laughs> like, he has much to lose than Bond. Uh, I thought that Javier Bardem was great as a villain in Skyfall. And again, backstory that you completely understand, and you're on his side, actually. This was... My parents were killed... I want to kill these people, and now I just want to kill most of the human race now. So I was like, did you watch Thanos and just think that he was, like, right? And 
uh, I also thought his, I, his like pitch and delivery. While I could understand it, I was like, I, this is just to come on, get a higher register guy. <laughs> too low and uh while they try to explain i got to the point also with bond as a person where i was like okay how many explosion grenades are going to happen to you and you don't get killed or maimed <laughs> i mean i almost couldn't let the first one go i was kind of like huh but i'll i'll let it be um the few other times after that i was kind of like Okay, come on, dude. But l let's just say without spoiling anything, I felt like this was a much better and emotional, impactful send-off for Bond. Yeah, I, I got a little emotional yesterday about it. Just because, you know, I, he's been doing it for 15 years, so it's, you know, something some Bond a lot of people grew up with. So, mm -hmm. and now it's... And I think that he's actually probably in contention for my favorite Bond as I think far he as is. from what I've seen. I think he's Mostly good. because of his dedication to it. And the fact that he's actually racked up so many actual injuries <laughs> doing some stuff himself. Yeah. Which I was like, when are they going to be like, hey, more stuntmen, just do this. Daniel, don't. Because <laughs> um, if you just twist an ankle, you're risking millions of dollars for the studio. Um, and also another thing this was clearly the most packed theater since the pandemic but we also got a smaller theater because from what i figured because venom is still playing so it was probably in the bigger theaters um so if before, before i do my rating if i had to rank mm -hmm. these bond franchises so easily quantum of solace is bottom no need to watch that again unless i have to do some kind of weird review on it um, then Spectre, and then this one, No Time to Die, and gosh, it's always a competition with Casino and Sky, but because I've grown a bit more in appreciation, I watched it again, I'm going to actually put Casino on top now. So Casino, Skyfall, No Time to Die, Spectre, and then Quantum for me. That's pretty rare. Me and Ian... Are in full agreement. <laughs> five. How, how rare. <laughs> five. Quantum of Solace. Awful. I actually think it is the only awful one yeah. that we'll ever go back to. Four. Spectre. Those are the two easiest ones. And then, of course, No Time to Kill is right in the middle. Die. Die. No Time to Kill. <laughs> no Time to Die. It, they do say that in the movie, though. Mm. Um, then, yeah. I. I gotta go Skyfall, and then I gotta go Casino Royale because that was the OG, and I, I think it nothing's topped it since. Skyfall was close, yeah, but uh, I, I would say as a character piece, Skyfall is better. Yeah, I just I, the first one was just I think, yeah. the most complete. The, the action, too. yeah, and Mads Mikkelsen. And also, this is a clear example that Barton Campbell should just kind of do Bond movies mm -hmm. because he did Casino Royale and he directed Goldeneye. Yeah, Goldeneye was good. However, he also directed Green Lantern <laughs> and Mask of Zorro 2, but he also did the first Mask of Zorro. Oh, God. So he has a very wish-wash record yeah. as far as the world. Um, also, real quick, though, I kind of want to also rank themes, oh. the opening themes, yeah, yeah. Um, because 
it actually is kind of interesting for me because it was a competition between two, but I'll, so easily again, Quantum of Solace is, it's forgettable, really. Like the freaking movie, unless you are, you can remember how bad it is as far as a Bond movie. Um, uh, and then, I'm not saying it's bad in any way, but as far as for me right now, it's not hit as hard for me, and that's Billie Eilish's. And I love Billie Eilish. I, I do I was, like her. I was surprised. See, I didn't have any idea she was doing the theme, and I saw it yesterday, and I was like, wow, that's awesome. Um, and then, it, as much as it shames me to put him at three, I'm going to put Chris Cornell's theme from uh, Casino Royale. It's not, not on his. It's just that uh, Sam Smith uh, writing on the wall and Skyfall from Adele, I feel like are so much in the vein of Bond theme-wise and epicness and just barely I'm going to put writing on the wall over. So for, for me, as far as the movies go with their opening themes, it, go, it goes Quantum, Fifth, then uh, No Time to Die, then uh, Casino Royale, then Skyfall, then Spectre. And I listened yeah, to all those themes yeah, the, say, day, the I, day of. I don't remember all the themes, <laughs> but the two that jump out to me are Billie Eilish and Adele. So mm-hmm. I'll just throw that out there. Yeah. Uh, so as far as your grading on No Time to Die, what would it be? Man. Well, again, also, you were talking about the, the length of it. I never felt the length of this really. Yeah, I didn't. So enjoyed it immensely. I got emotional at times, laughed. Every kind of emotion you can possibly think of, I think I did yesterday. But that being said, I think I'm going to give it a B plus. Um Yeah, as far as the fact that I didn't feel the time, I love what they did with Bond and I loved all the side characters. Biggest detractors for me are how I felt about the villain and a few other minor things. So I'm gonna also give it a B plus. So uh, yeah, guys, that's uh, been our catch up reviews again. Uh, you know, we'll see how this goes. Uh, it is now officially October. So, but the thing is, with October releases, there actually is a, a lot less horror things. <laughs> It, 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 but there is one big one. There, there is a big <laughs> one that's next week. Um, but, th- I mean, we had like, because it's like, yeah, we had Bond this time. But then we also have Dune. We have The French Dispatch, Dispatch. Um, which is the new Wes Anderson movie. We have like, uh, Last Duel. Duel, which I am going to say right now, that is not going to make money. That could... I mean, look at it. It's a two and a half hour yeah. epic movie, yeah. starring uh, Matt Matt Damon and Aunt, uh, Adam Driver. Adam Driver, and it's a period piece, but it comes at the same time as Halloween I, Kills. Yeah. Especially the especially the timing too. You know, right in the middle of October. Yeah, and yeah. the fact that the first the I'm not I'm sorry. <sighs> technically, the second Halloween movie was the highest grossing slasher of all time, um, which. Yeah, we did put out a review for that, but I'm also going to... I bought it just to watch it again to refresh. Because guess what? It wasn't streaming anywhere that I have. Um, but at least I'll get to see it in 4K. Maybe that'll help. 
Um, so yeah, uh, other than trying to plan out some kind of horror thing, there there wasn't a lot of horror things coming out. So it's there's one October 29th that I'm excited about, and it was supposed to come out I think two years ago. It's called Antlers. Yeah, I'm definitely intrigued. By I don't that. know. I think Guillermo del Toro. It, or Guillermo del Toro. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, what's his name? Why am I blanking on his name? Uh, well, the director of it, I'm excited about. He's you know he's done a lot of good things. Um, but yeah. Uh, other than that, we'll see how it goes. Uh, this is also gonna it, we're getting to the tricky time of planning shit out, so we'll see what happens. Uh, but. Hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Nick, do you want to send off or plug your socials? I'll just plug my Twitter, Nickerish Chicken. That's pretty much the only thing I get on anymore. Fair enough. Um, you can fi- find me on Ian Novak at Facebook, however long that's still going to be around. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Guy Loco at Twitter. And Instagram, don't care to share that. Um, pl- please, uh, if you enjoyed this, please spread it around. Uh, we are officially approaching 1,000 listens and plays. Yahoo! Been a little bit of a slog, but we've kind of been off for a little while, so maybe this will help. Uh, and if you do, maybe I'll try to plan something out. So uh, until next time, guys, be safe, be good, and just, you know, be good to each other. <laughs> and uh, we got a we got we got a fun thing coming up here soon, so I don't know, maybe we will talk about it or something. And also, I may want to try to convince these guys on trying to do a music kind of themed episode mm. at some point because mm. there's maybe an album coming out that they won't stop talking about. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> Until then, bye bye. <laughs>